0: I hired you because you're the best engineers I was able to find. They tell me you can do anything. You'll be spending millions
1: of dollars, hundreds of millions perhaps. That's why you're an engineer and I'm an executive. That's why you work for me, because when I have to, I can be ruthless with my own mistakes. Gentlemen, I want you to build me a spaceship. What? A spaceship, sir? That's right. Truth. Damon Stapleton has taken a massive step of having possibly the best job in New Zealand advertising, which is Creative Chief of DDB Aotearoa, and has decided instead to step into the dark abyss of starting up a new agency. So in the middle of the Auckland lockdown, I talk now to the incoming Monkeys Creative Chief about leaving DDB after many years, what you actually do when you're on gardening leave, and whether or not you should have a bath before or after talking to your gynaecologist. Oh, and the future of advertising, where technology will take the industry, and whether it's a good job for your kids to do. But then you'll probably only listen to the gynaecologist bit. You're listening to Truth Truth and Soul, the New Zealand advertising podcast. Welcome to a special New Zealand Auckland lockdown edition of uh, Truth and Soul podcast, Truth and Soul Incorporated, coming to you from a new studio of uh, Franklin Road, Franklin Road Tafer Nui. I I don't get into town so much these days, and uh, Jonathan from Franklin Road ordered me to get a decent mic and headphones, which I think I have now. So uh, hopefully um, you can all hear me clearly. And today on the other side of uh, Auckland is Damon Stapleton. And Damon... Uh, g'day. Uh, quick bit of background in case anybody doesn't know you. Damon is um, is currently causing all kinds of problems in the advertising industry because after several years at DDB as, uh, were you creative chairman or something like that? Uh, junior, copy,
0: junior
1: copywriter. Junior copywriter at um, uh, DDB New Zealand. He left with the other incorrigible, Justin Moday, to form the New Zealand version of the monkeys, which apparently is not actually even called the monkeys. It's called Accenture
0: Interactive. Right. Accenture Interactive is part of Accenture. And, yeah. And then there's the monkeys, and they work together. Right. Okay.
1: So the uh, Damon has done this podcast before, and I understand from my people who do this kind of thing, i.e. Jonathan, that uh, Damon was the most listened to of all the podcasts. I think that's because he circulated it around f- all his mates. <laughs> it's
0: because I was first. I, yeah, had the nice was
1: time. <laughs> I circulated it around um, all his mates in South Africa and paid them to listen to it for for no good reason. you, you got to so, do what you got to do. Uh, yeah, and, and so in, in the... Um, in the hello tradition of fast and furious 47 this is officially known as uh, damon stapleton 2 the remake (laughs) um anyway so um damon welcome thank you and what have you been up to for the last six months
0: well well for the last uh six months three of them i was at ddb and then three of them i was on gardening leave um and obviously we've now opened the monkeys and um we're, uh, we're getting going. So I think you probably understand what it's like to start an agency Paul. Uh,
1: well, I don't actually because I never started one like yours, which are causing, according to uh, somebody's press release already has 30 people working there.
0: Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, well, Accenture Interactive has about 30 people already, and that's made up of all sorts of different people, programmers, designers, UX, that kind of thing. And then, obviously, we're hiring people as well. So, so you know, half and half.
1: So if, if this podcast goes out, um, so we're now, we're just at the beginning of September, if it goes out reasonably quickly, then um, deluge uh, Damon and Moday with uh, your CVs if you're, if you're looking for a new job. And the, uh, the other news is, of course, that, that you immediately have uh, um, a couple of clients, I understand. I don't, A
0: couple. I
1: didn't okay. know that. Uh, okay. Well, I think you probably do, but maybe you can't talk about one. <laughs> um, but the, the official, the official one is ASB. I think. That's I, correct. I think we can say that. Yeah. Uh, how did that come about? Uh,
0: they decided to uh, work with us, and <laughs> we're, we're delighted. We're delighted that they made that decision. I
1: um, Okay. Um, very. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, um, let me let me put it this way: it's, it's extremely helpful if you have an agency of over two hundred people in Sydney, and yeah. um, in terms of the pitch, uh, those guys led that pitch.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so when you had your your three months gardening leave, now as I understand it, with gardening leave you. You you get paid by the previous agency, but you you don't actually do anything. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's yeah. that's about it. Yeah. So what what did you do during your gardening leave? Um, I had an incredible amount of things I was going to do. Um, you know, I, I was going to write a book and I was going to do all sorts of things. And then um, I think sort of life gets in the way, and it it takes quite a lot of work doing nothing, Paul. I don't know if you've experienced that.
1: Well, I, I I'm supposed to be doing nothing now, and let me tell you how look my at, day. Look at you. <laughs> let me tell you how my day's been. I, at, at eight thirty this morning, I spent an hour on the phone call with a gentleman from New York who's looking in looking into investing into um, New Zealand. And then went for a bike ride over to over to Tar-Fanui for an hour. I came back and talked to my gynaecologist, uh, uh, also my my old neighbour who. Um, he's looking to get into the social media field followed by a bath uh in the middle of the afternoon followed by a podcast with your good self
0: do you always bath after you've seen your gynecologist
1: <laughs> i know it should be the other way around really but <laughs> um but uh yeah no i didn't see him because uh, uh obviously we're in uh uh, we're in lockdown. How's how are you finding lockdown? So you can't. Eat, so you have a new agency. But you can't even go there.
0: <laughs> it's pretty strange. Launching an agency in the middle of COVID is um, is an interesting exercise. Uh, but you know, I think in a strange way, because uh, we work work with everyone in Australia. Teams is yeah. Look at what we're doing right now. You know, uh, it, it has made it a lot easier to talk to people and get stuff done. It does take a bit longer you know, in terms of doing the work and that. But I do feel like technology is caught up and um, it's, uh, it's not perfect, but it's doable. So, you know, we're able to do pitches. We're able to talk to different teams. We're able to do all of that. And, you know, I'm sure every agency is in the same boat at the moment. You know, it doesn't actually even matter if you're established. In lockdown, you're kind of, you're all the same, really.
1: Yeah, no, that, that, that's right. But I guess other agencies at least have they, – they've at least, at least met all their staff, which um,
0: – Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, needing mine.
1: Um, Makes things easier. So uh, tell me, or rather tell us, uh, why why did you join the Monkeys? You, you had a great gig at DDB How long had you been there? Seven years. Seven years. Oh, okay. I was there six, so I guess that's a seven-year itch. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: I think um, – I think DDB is a great agency, and it's, you know I have a lot of love for DDB, and I I think um, it's it's got so many great things about it in terms of um, the way it's been built. There's a respect there for creativity, but also you know a, a real respect for the clients and and how they work with clients. So you know I'll, I'll always be extremely grateful to DDB, and I you know I have a lot of affection for them I think for me it was getting to a point where if I'd left DDB and gone to another agency that would have been a I don't know why I would have done that so uh, for me it was this idea of technology data and creativity and and I suppose it's this idea of can you make creativity bigger Um, I think advertising over the last couple of years is you know it, it sees creativity as this this part of the solution, but I think the real way forward is to look at creativity and go, well, what else can we do with it? Where else can you take creativity? Um, can you solve business problems? Um, you know what? And and I, I, the way the best way I can explain it is, there are a lot of ideas and agencies that just stay on walls and don't get made. Um, you know, and and I I think what I'm trying to do is find a place where we can make more of those ideas. Um, and explore those sort of territories. But
1: the, there was like generally when you when you have a pitch these days, or, or when I was doing it, you, you'd have the the direct answers to the client problems, i.e., a campaign in across multimedia that they can run for the next three years. But then often you would have, as you say, ideas that are into other areas, how they might paint their canteen internally, you know, what uniform their sales staff might wear or, or whatever. Yeah. And But those things are just so throwaway that, that there, there can be some great ideas but and the client just go, oh, yeah, thanks, that's good. And maybe they do it, maybe they don't, but they don't pay you for
0: it. Well, that's, um, you know, I, I think the thing is a good idea is a good idea. But I suppose the question is um, – you know, you might argue that advertising agencies, uh, are they taking seriously when they, when they put those ideas out there um, because there are other companies that are putting those ideas out there and, and, and are getting paid for it. So um, the question is, is advertising going to just keep doing what it's doing or is it going to start exploring some of these, these frontiers?
1: um well it, it's not going to keep doing what it's always been doing because if it does it, it will go bust um
0: and why so that's interesting why do you say that
1: uh it, well ever since i started in the industry back in the 1850s it, the uh revenue has declined revenue and profitability has been in decline for uh everywhere that i've worked uh, when you I, th- I think I've touched on this before in previous podcasts. When I started at um, uh, y in London, there were two Ferraris, two brand-new Ferraris <laughs> in the car park. <laughs> and the chairman, no, it wasn't chairman, the was CEO, uh, John Banks, took clients on Concord to go and see the Rolling Stones in New York.
0: Hmm.
1: Now, I, a different time. Yeah, I don't see too much of that. Uh, uh, yeah. Going on these days,
0: so I suppose, yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of go. Um, there's a lot of talk, and you know, yeah, you know, every time you go to Cannes, there's talk about you know what's the new way forward, or um, is is there a new model? And you know, there's a lot of those conversations, and they've been going on for a couple of years. But I suppose, just and I were like, well, potentially this could be a new model where you can take technology, data, and creativity and start to look at how you can work with those Lego blocks and and build different things. And I, I think if you have all of those things, you can also start to present different types of campaigns and different types of work. Um, so, you know, I suppose on the one hand, you could say this is an experiment, but, you know, you've got people like David Drogo that are, you know, are working at Accenture Interactive now. And I think they realize that there are... Their are opportunities um, as we go forward um, to build something new.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned uh,
0: David Droger and he has
1: built a, a, an extraordinary career um, for himself. Uh, but clearly he is w- uh, way smarter than me and w- what he's done in New York. How many people work there now?
0: I don't know how many people, but I'd say it's probably five or six hundred. Uh, I mean, I think Droga 5 is a, a $200 million company, something like that. And yeah, obviously, it's, Accenture Interactive is uh, in the billions.
1: Yeah, ex, ex, uh, extraordinarily successful. What, what would you put down the, the success of Droga, particularly in America, the very generally seen as a very conservative market? What do you think drove that?
0: I think if you look at the work they've made over you know it's, it's been a long period of time now where you know if you look at the stuff they've done for Under Armour or the New York Times um I think they've managed to do creative work on big clients um, and I think that's that's a real challenge in America to to do that level of work and uh, you know I think they've they've done it over a long period of time you know um for Accenture to buy them you know they they tend to buy the best the best independent agencies out there. So, you know, they, they I think David Drug has, has got an, an amazing track record over the last 10 or 15 years of, of work for really big clients.
1: I mean, you talk about them being great creatively, but were they, uh, were they great in terms of the interactive area as well? Were oh, they I using think, the digital space in a new way?
0: I think that's something that, uh if you look at what's happening maybe say over the last five or six years um i think the interactive space for me it's more about how technology is integrated um and I, I think that's where you're starting to see some shifts and some changes where technology is starting to integrate into integrated campaigns um, people used to always talk about digital like it was a separate thing um, and i i think um uh, there's, especially some of the stuff that Accenture Interactive is doing now um, in the experiential space, um, I think there's some really interesting stuff that's starting to come out. And um, I, I think um, Droga has always been the creative aspect of that. I think the trick is how you start to blend these things.
1: Yes, I think. Well, talk about interactive. Interactive, in a sense. Is is a curious choice of um, words for Accenture because that's that's a very old school. That's what digital used to be called back in the back in the two thousands, and it and it, it, it stopped being used it uh, uh, as different nomenclature. Uh,
0: yeah, and I mean, I think the the problem is there's so many things. <laughs> you know, it's like when you call somebody a creative, it could be it could mean all sorts of things. Yes. You know, when you talk about din- interactive, when you talk about digital, it can mean a multitude of things. Um, and I suppose that that's the real thing about brands now. A brand is often made up of a multitude of things. Um, and what you're looking for is someone to, to pull all of those things together. Um, so, you, you know, it's quite hard to be a specialist these days. I think you have to have the, the mindset of a generalist because you have to be able to do a whole lot of different things. Um, to do integrated campaigns or to, to do integrated work.
1: Yes, I, I think uh, in the old days in the agency, we were we certainly talked internally about about being generalists and you know, the importance of that because there were so many areas to go into.
0: Uh, yet well, I mean five, five years ago you had a lot of agencies saying they were digital agencies. Yes, um, and you know you you don't see that as much as you used to because I think things have, have moved on.
1: No, the, the issue with that was is it is that uh, you, you'd be talking to a client and a client would be you know say going right well we need um, right you guys do that and we'll need to get a digital agency over there and we go no you, you know, we do that as well and excuse me if you didn't have digital agency in the. Title of your agency, it was presumed that you didn't do that. And I, I guess that was to a certain extent a lag with clients that agencies had actually moved on a bit. And uh, it, it took clients a while to realize that.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I suppose we're just, um, we're at a point now where um, it's just good communication. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, we're, we're advertising likes to make all these channels, but uh, at the end of the day, a good idea is a good idea, and you put it in a place where people will see it.
1: Um. Well, yeah, Okay. So you you say a good, a good idea is a good idea. the uh, The way that people consume media is changing almost on a on a daily basis. Yep. Uh And from my point of view, okay, I'm I'm not the the average consumer in New Zealand, I, I I don't watch any terrestrial television. Very occasionally, uh, TV and Z on demand. I can say that now I don't work in advertising anymore. When you watch in advertising, you have to say that you that you, you know watch n- news at, at TV One every single night, even though you were still at work every single night. Um, so in, in terms of video consumption, I can pick and choose if something turns up on um, uh, on Facebook I can watch it or not and, and 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 generally not there was the theory that video advertising i.e. TV commercials would have to get better so that people would opt in to watch it people would actually choose to watch it and if you didn't make good entertaining ads people wouldn't opt in so they wouldn't get it I'm I'm not personally an individual. I'm not seeing much of that or any of that.
0: So, so are you saying what you don't see much advertising, or you don't see any ideas?
1: Uh, I don't. So, on for example, if if I'm w- watching YouTube, then ads will come on that, but they are generally lowest common denominator.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think. I mean, I think the the simple answer to that is. You have to make things that uh, don't interrupt what people are doing. You have to make things that, pe- you know, people want to be part of, and uh, you know that actually sets the bench much higher. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of digital advertising that often looks like 1950s advertising, where there's a a picture and a headline, and just because it's on, you know, on a, a digital channel, somehow that makes it digital. Uh, I think you have to think a lot harder about the kinds of stuff. Uh, you're going to make if people can ignore you, um, you know, so I, I, I think uh, the, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of rubbish that's out there. I don't dispute that. Um, you
1: can't blame me for I, that anymore.
0: Well, I mean, in the past. Oh, any bad ad I've ever made, I always said it was made by you, but uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I think I think that um, it, it's a real question for the for people that make advertising. Uh, you know, I was, I was reading a thing the other day about film and how the, the idea of a two hour movie could become redundant because yeah. if you look at where money's going, you know, a TV series is a much more lucrative thing for people to invest in. And is, is, is there going to be this death of cinema? it's kind of an interesting question about advertising where there's all these structures and formulas that people sort of subscribe to is that going to be what it will look like in the future and um i would say that some of it might exist but i would say there's going to be a fair amount of change
1: uh just talking about
0: tv i presume you watched the white lotus i haven't watched it yet no i was launching an agency sorry
1: Oh, jeepers. You need you need to stay in touch with um,
0: popular uh, with culture, you,
1: with popular culture, and what your audience are doing, and where you can be found in particular. Because um, White Lotus is about you and your dad.
0: Oh, no, is it? All right. I'll, I'll
1: well, check it is. It, yeah, it's, a, it's about a hotel owner. Um, oh, really?
0: Okay,
1: I'll have a look. I oh, know a hotel manager, hotel manager, and cool. um, yeah, it's just like your dad. Have a look at it. Uh, so uh, I remember in the past, and I, I'm guessing this would be about 2005. Uh, uh, looking at interactive awards, interact mm-hmm. digital, cyber at Cannes, you would have things. I remember, um, uh, I remember a campaign from Perrier where. You walked into a room and you were given, and it was done on video, and you were given options. Do you go through this door? Do you go through that door? you go through this one? Um, that happens. You go through that one. So they were building a world, a digital world, that you could explore and have fun and spend some time in. And I thought that is an interesting way for the digital world to go. Wow, won't it be great when that kind of stuff happens? But it hasn't. I I, I yeah. think that, some, that area would be very useful to explore online.
0: I think the thing is about, you know, online and digital, it's funny, like, you know, <laughs> what these words mean. Um, you know, I think digital is always seen as separate from reality. But I think if you look at things today, digital is reality. And there's, you know, there's much more of a blend you know, so if you've got uh, uh, augmented reality and you go to Trafalgar Square, you could have a different experience of Trafalgar Square because of what's on your phone. So now all of a sudden you have these things blending and working together. So I, I think when when we first started seeing some of these ideas, it, it was kind of seen as a separate way of, of operating. But I think now these things... Are much more blended um, and you see that all the time you know if you go to the air News, if you go to the new zealand in new zealand um, uh, lounge and it asks you if you want coffee yeah you know on, on your phone i mean that's yeah. that's a very simple explanation of how digital and reality work together so i i think things have moved on considerably but maybe they're not as um maybe sometimes they're not as sexy but that doesn't mean they're not
1: valuable to brands uh, I mean you, you mentioned augmented reality I remember that the you know the first augmented reality ad in New Zealand would have come out in maybe 2004
0: 2005
1: yeah uh, I remember uh, people coming into the when when we started up uh, Barnes Kener people coming into the agency demonstrating and that was 2008 uh, uh demonstrating augmented reality and us thinking wow this could be really interesting and to be honest not very much has been done with it
0: yeah well i mean i think uh i, th- I think you you you're talking about advertising i think there's a fair amount that's been done beyond advertising
1: no no i, mean, I wasn't talking about advertising i was i, I was talking generally, just generally? Uh, yeah
0: I mean, I guess what I, my response would be there's, there's all these different tools. Um, I think there's a lot that's being done in the digital space. I think we could agree on that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what it's doing is it's maybe redefining experience more than advertising. And, you know, I think if I look at what Accenture Interactive is about, is it's about looking at experiences. And that for me is kind of a a pathway to where i think a lot
1: of advertising might go in the future yeah i mean I, my thought was it should it should be there already and that that advertise uh, you know every year at, at can in um say in cyber can people new technology comes up that people get uh, hugely excited about and that's the way in the future and it just dissipates and
0: yeah, I think I think a lot of I think a lot of technology will die, and it'll die every year because it's not useful. But I mean, if you look at what an iPhone could do in two thousand and five, and what an iPhone can do now, uh, you know, we've been living with that, so we don't really pay that much attention. But it's it's a fairly dramatic shift in terms of some of the things it's capable of doing. But I, I think uh, if you look at a lot of these. There's a lot of, you know, it's like Silicon Valley, right? There's a lot of ideas that come out of Silicon Valley that are crazy um, and they go nowhere. But then there's going to be a couple that are, you know, are brilliant. And I think technology has to interact with human beings and human beings at the end of the day will always decide if it's useful or if they can use it or if they need it. Um, And I think that will always be the barometer. And I I also feel like some of these things, they go away and then they come back. you know, yeah. when when the time is right, you know, um, it's like, it's interesting in lockdown, right? Everybody's, you know, in, in, in the States has been watching Friends, which is an old sitcom. Yeah. Uh, but, but because there's 19 years worth of Friends, people have been watching that. So then it's become a hit again. It's because the right time and the right circumstances happen for that to occur. So you might find with, you know, virtual reality or augmented reality, it's not right yet, but doesn't mean it won't come back or it won't be used for something uh, in the future, um, but I think the thing with technology is <laughs> it's not going to go away. No. So let's keep coming. No,
1: absolutely. I I, I don't think it's going to go away, and it is it is scary in in the field of robotics. What you know militarily, what what will shortly be able to be. Produce, you know, mm. like, you know what military drones do now is absolutely terrifying, and to, yeah,
0: and I mean, you, you get, look at, you know, you look at, um, a different um, things in your house talking to each other, or your car being, talk, being able to talk to your fridge, or these are all things that are are happening right now, and and will keep happening. So, um, what that says is, you know, the way that you communicate, the way that decisions are made for you. Um, you know, in, in the future, will your shopping list be done by Alexa? I don't know, I'm just making this up, where, you know, that will dec- decide what kind of toilet paper you can order uh, versus you going and buying it in a store. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that there's a lot of um, implications for how people make decisions or decisions are made in the future. And I think that will have a, a major impact on advertising
1: um yeah well i it, it had a major impact on advertising but i i don't see that advertising currently uses it particularly well and i i dare say you go well that's you know that's what we're going to do um differently from from accenture as you say the the way that people people decide for themselves what is what is useful in terms of um uh, 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 advances in, in digital technology and what and what isn't.
0: But I think it goes back to your original point, Paul, which is you know you're not seeing much advertising. So the real question is how will advertising reach these people in the future? Um, and and I think that is a a, a bigger question for you know um, if you if you're going to want to talk to these people, how will you do it? And what channels will you use? Um, and I, I think that's where technology does become relevant uh, for advertising.
1: Yeah, I was uh, curious. I found myself victim to something. I took up um, I took up golf for about two months, and, <laughs> and decided that that uh, you know this was a suitable hobby. And uh, I was told I had to had to download the this golf app. There's an amazing golf app that has all the courses in the world at your fingertips and you just press a button and it and it comes up and you can you know see how many shots and where you are and then put your local courses in it and all that kind of stuff it's great it's a great app but it's um it's sponsored by tag heuer yeah and not they have anything particular uh to golf but, you know, you have, it has a button and says, have a look at Tag Heuer watches. And I found myself going down that rabbit hole going, oh, I wonder what, oh, and, and you have a look at them. And you go, well, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good sponsorship. If every single person in the world who's into golf downloads this app and it has Tag Heuer watches on it, it must have cost a fortune. But that, in terms of their global budget, you think that that is probably quite a reasonable way of going about things.
0: Yeah, and you'd say, you know, does it? You know, if if you if you had ten years ago or fifteen years ago to, to tag Hoyer, we think that you need to invest in a digital app that's a golf game. You know, they might look at you like you're crazy, but now it, it makes a lot of sense because you're not interrupting what people are interested in, you're being what people are interested in, and uh, you know, I think that is a that is a major shift. You know, for you know, if you look at I don't know. What's what's a Gordon Ramsay cooking show? Isn't that an advert too? You know, I don't know. No, but what I'm getting at is the, what what we call an ad or advertising um, these days can be many many things, and um, I, I think that is something you're going to see more and more of as we as we move forward. Yeah, but
1: I think I, I think uh, towards ever thus. No, there were there were uh, uh, sponsorship and literal soap operas um, back in the day and you know uh, Popeye was uh, created by the spinach Corporation of New Jersey and
0: I'm not saying it's I'm not saying that you know I'm not saying this has never happened. But what what I'm saying is, that you you said yourself you you don't watch TV. No. But, people, but corporate companies still want to reach you, so the just Yeah, <laughs> but they they're trying to they have to think about how they're going to do that, and um, I think just interruption is that's one strategy. But I think you have to have others.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of the great things about. I mean, I, I remember going to Cannes and. Well, I think it was in 1994, they said can had its second category. It started off with, I think, film, and then they introduced print. Um, you know, and you look at the proliferation of, of different things and channels that you have now. Um, it's uh, – <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot to do, um, and there's a lot of places to do it, and I think it's becoming more and more important sort of what you don't do. Um, because there really isn't enough money to cover every single channel so that becomes very important the decisions you make I think
1: uh, yeah it's it, it the whole field is, has just got uh, um, so much harder now than it was in the old days when you could just put a television ad and, and uh, that was it you took talk, talked to um, talk to half of the world and I uh, uh, and I don't I', I I don't envy you on your um, yeah you know, uh, uh, setting out. Uh, you know, it was bad enough when we launched eight years ago, and and here you are um, launching in, into the in, into the middle of a pandemic, and with you know <laughs> the, the world being um, the world being turned upside down.
0: So, what well, do you think? I think the, what- I was going to say the worst thing that'll happen is I'll learn new stuff. So, you know, it's, it's stressful, but, you know, you'll learn, I'll learn things, and that, that's kind of cool.
1: Where, where do you see the, the rest of the industry going in, uh, New Ze- in New Zealand, I mean, globally too? We've seen the almost collapse of, of the WPP agencies, certainly the, the renaming, YNR is all, all but gone, JWT is gone. Uh, Ogilvy is a shadow of it's for myself There's been some huge, huge changes over the last few years.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult question to answer. I mean, I, the one thing is I'd say, advertising uh, people have predicted the demise of advertising and advertising agencies ever since I started in advertising. So you know, I, I, I think we're a pretty hardy bunch, but I do think. Um, maybe the question is, uh, how will advertising happen in the future? So, you know, for the last 50 or 60 years, you've had these big holding companies and you, you know, there's been a structure, but it feels like there, there are more players and they're different types of players, you know, you have in-house agencies, you, you know, you've got your Googles, your Facebooks. So the landscape I think is, is shifting. I mean, I don't think anyone knows where it's shifting to. But I think it's quite tricky because um, I think you have to be extremely nimble. Um, or you have to be extremely something. Maybe that's the best way I could explain it. You have to be very creative, very smart, or very nimble. But uh, I would say if you're average, um, you've probably got, you're going to probably have some problems.
1: Okay. Um, well, what, you mean there's, there's trouble for the mediocre?
0: I, I, I think, I mean, I don't want to um big up your column in the heralds well, uh, every um, Sunday
1: in the business section yeah
0: yeah <laughs> um, it's your show you can punt it um, yeah the the but I do I do think um, there are a lot of alternatives and a lot of options and you know what that will create is competition and you know in the end the fittest will survive and uh, whatever the fittest is or what that means I guess is open to interpretation but uh I think for for about 10 years that you had a lot of uh, big companies that sort of just um, bumbled along. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if you can do that anymore. Uh,
1: no. No, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Now, um, on a slightly different topic, uh, the book you were going to write, Damon, what's that going to be all about?
0: <laughs> well... <laughs> I think I'll be talking to you writing this book in the next 10 years. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a book that I'm, I've put together based on my blogs. I've been writing my blog for about 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's about, um, it's sort of a survival guide to advertising. Uh, little lessons that I've learned along the way. And I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the first to admit that it's a vanity project and I'll yeah. probably sell, sell about three copies. Um, but it's just one of those things I've always wanted to try and do, so uh, I'm trying to get it done.
1: Yeah, have you, have you got an agent, stroke publisher?
0: I have an agent, stroke publisher, but um, they're probably not that happy with me at the moment because uh, I'm not maybe meeting all the deadlines I should.
1: Yeah. Okay. They're bloody creatives. So, yeah. so your kids? Do you? Would you? Would you say to them, "Hey guys, advertising, there's a there's a great future for you. Jump in." Is that something they'd be interested in, or not?
0: I think they I think they're interested in creativity. Um, I guess I guess the question is, you know, I, people get sort of down on advertising. I, I don't really get down on it. I think advertising will survive. I just think it's it's changing and getting. You know, you might even argue advertising is getting bigger, not smaller. Um, so I think there was a sort of an advertising industry and it was sort of, it was quite defined. And I think advertising has become far less defined in the last five, ten years. But that's only because I think it's, it's growing um, and you find it, you know, in all sorts of places and spaces. Um, you know, Apple has its own advertising agency, Airbnb has its own advertising agency. You look at the BBC or I think it's Channel 4? You know they have in-house creatives that make their advertising. Um, you look at gaming. Um, there's there's lot, all sorts of things going on. So I don't think advertising will go away. I just think maybe its structure and its form is changing.
1: Yeah, it it it, it it's more so spread out and less defined, like a blamange. Is that the
0: yeah? And and, and yeah. I think that creates uncertainty for people because you know you had Madison Avenue and you, you sort of had a you sort of knew what advertising was and. You know, maybe maybe there's a bit of turmoil at the moment, but I don't think advertising will go away. You know, I think it's not like it's going to suddenly stop. Um, so, you know, I, I feel pretty bullish about advertising. I just think maybe things are changing a bit.
1: No, I mean, people, as long as people go on making products yeah. that, they, that they wish to sell, finding a way to sell those things will be a very, you know, it will be uppermost in their mind. If, if you talk to small businesses, then for, the, for 50% of them, the most important thing that they have to do is to get more customers. And
0: As long as you and, have and to that, grow, you know, you can't, uh, cut, you can't cut your way to growth. So as long as you have to grow, I think there'll be a place for advertising. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, but it, it isn't necessarily advertising. There are ways of uh, uh, growing your business. I mean, you, you have to market it. Yeah, the, uh, the the line between advertising and marketing is uh, is blurred as well, or it's two sides the same coin. Um, anyway, Damon, thank you so much for uh, coming in to your own house and, and Thanks, sitting man. by, uh, um, and, and sitting by. Uh, uh, computer and sharing stuff. Do you have Do you have uh, any uh, creatives there that you've hired recently that you can talk about? I've, I've
0: hired some creatives, but I can't tell you their names yet. But I will uh, pretty soon. But
1: yeah,
0: uh, yeah I've, I've hired I've hired about uh, six or seven creatives. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, all right. Well, um, good luck with them and good luck with everything. I I kind of feel you don't lead luck too much at the moment. You guys seem to be on a on a initial roll but um, uh, I'll take
0: all the, all, the, all the luck I can
1: get man. Okay, luck's coming away way uh, uh, and <laughs> th- thanks for chatting. Say hi to Justin and um, yeah, good on you. Cheers.
0: Thanks,